sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match this. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. This is Patrick Riccardi. And returning for the millionth time. I'm Dolly Parton. Oh, God. We yeah. all wish. Yeah. You, you guys know that I have really always wanted to just do an episode of the show. I have made made mention of it many times as Dolly Parton or where we did Dolly Parton's Christmas Carol, which is a real thing. <laughs> oh. And this is, this is as close as we've gotten in three years of this. Wait, what's Dolly Parton's Christmas Carol? Why didn't we watch well, it's that? Just, well, we were going to do a – we were going to write our own, right? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But then, um, if you remember, we researched it, and what we found is that there is a Dollywood oh, uh, ah, show yes. Yeah. Yes. in which she plays the ghost of Christmas past, I think, and or Marley or something, and it's a hologram. Oh, so hell no. I need, I, I need your guys' work, because mine won't, to, uh, to send all of us to, to, to Dolly World to do this, to watch it, because I would be, gladly do that if someone else was paying. Oh, yeah. I think. I think her fans are st- well. You know, some of her fans are still upset about the whole thing that happened at what the Emmys. Oh yeah, when she talked shit about Trump, basically. I think it was the Golden Globes or something. Yeah, I don't even remember. She yeah. she stood there while other people did. Yeah, she didn't talk shit. She just she didn't listened say to word, them right. without shushing them. Well, exactly. You know, by association, she did. I guess. I can't figure out her politics. She seems like she is liberal. I think she just kind of doesn't get involved. She's super gay friendly, yeah, and but she's also like country, you yeah. know. She just doesn't. She does. She's not political. I don't think at all. Yeah, maybe not. But I've heard not not about her politics, but that her live show is even if you're not a country fan, her live show is incredibly good. I have seen her twice, um, once with Kenny Rogers and once by herself, and she's amazing in person. Okay. I think I would like that to see that because it sounds interesting. Now, when you say with Kenny Rogers, were you sitting with Kenny Rogers just watching a Dolly Parton show, or is Kenny Rogers also involved in the show? Exactly. He had just opened his chain of popular chicken restaurants, mm-hmm. and he lost the market. Right. I was sitting in my seat, and he plopped down with a big bucket of Boston Market, and took off the lid and started eating. And I was like, "Oh my God, I'm sitting next to Kenny Rogers, and there's Dolly Parton up on stage." I can't imagine. Pe- Kenny Rogers puts on a good show. Oh, I can't either. Not anymore. Yeah, or ever. I mean, well, I, I think part of the problem, maybe before, but part of the problem now is he can't even smile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. His, his eyes just go too far back in his head when he smiles. <laughs> <laughs> the muscles contract too much. <laughs> <laughs> when he smiles, there's, there's portions of his leg that go up, so it's really uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. for him. So sad. Plastic surgery botched. So sad. It's weird to me, like, male country singers, like, women country singers are usually good singers. Male country singers just sound like a dude singing. Yeah. They never yeah, sound that impressive. Like, all the same. Yeah. It's like, like me an, singing in the car, basically. And I know lots of people would disagree that that's the case, but they just sound all the same to me. When, the younger ones, anyway. Yeah. Like, you can tell Johnny Cash from... Um, oh, yeah, from Willie Nelson or whatever, but Willie yeah. Willie Nelson, sure. But the young ones, it's like, okay, whatever. But then I guess all music is that way. I suppose we're just old is what we're saying. 
Well, since we're talking about old things, maybe we should jump into this week's first movie. Yeah. Would Michael picked both of these, by the way, in, in case there was any doubt. Um, Santa's I felt Enchanted like there was Village, a... right? What were you going to say? Exactly. I, well, I felt like there was this challenge to see if we could find something worse than Santa Claus or Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, which we did, what, two years ago? Yeah. I have very, very fond memories of Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. <laughs> Pat Especially was coming off com- some painkillers or something when he watched that, I think. <laughs> Compared to Santa's Enchanted Village, my memories are even brighter now. Because there's something sweet about that one that uh, this this one does not have that sweetness. It's I actually no. found this one a little bit terrifying. Well, well, I, mean, I watched this one and I was very tired and I fell asleep while it was playing. Which uh, is weird up. because it's only like 12 minutes long. Well, <laughs> mind your business. And I... I woke up and things were really weird. I was like, I must have missed something crazy. So I rewound and kept watching and nothing. It was nope. still like a dream. You it was have... like an awful, awful dream. Yeah, this guy just makes, I, this is like a live action fever dream, basically. That's right. what it is. <laughs> well, and so, it's weird because it just, it, the movie is like, God, was, I don't know when it was made, right? 66. Yeah. Six. Oh, you have an actual date. I was yeah. going to say 60s. Jesus, and it's it's um, from that school of thought of there used to be a bunch of theme parks called Santa's Village or yeah. something, and so there were costume characters, and I guess they just got the employees together and said, let's make a movie, and it's only 12 minutes long, exactly, and I found out about it because it was on um, Mystery, no, Rift Tracks. Yeah. Um, they, there's like a Rift Tracks DVD that has w- this movie and a couple of others on it. And I couldn't find the non-riff-tracked version of it, but Patrick found it on YouTube because I had never thought to look there. And it's it's even it's it's bad when it's riff-tracked, you know, like it's it's bad, and they're making it funny. But like just watching it like pure straightforward is horror. It's just <laughs> so bad. It, and it, it could have literally been thirty a thirty-second. Sure. Totally. Totally. Here's the plot. The there it's Christmas, Santa's Village, there's this skunk who works in with the elves making shit. Uh, he <laughs> decides to go fuck around instead of working. His wolf boss comes to get him, brings him back to work, the mm-hmm. end. That's the <laughs> fucking plot of this. But there's so much weirdness in between. Like oh, yeah. he goes to lick the North Pole because he thinks it's ice cream, even though <laughs> The skunk does, even though he works at the North Pole and has forever, as far as we can tell, so he would know it's not ice cream. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. I think it's it get it's weirder even before because if if you if you remember, we watched I think that Mexican Santa Claus movie. I you guys remember seeing that. I don't think we watched it for this show, but I've seen it. Oh. Yes, like where Santa Claus like is like being vexed by the devil. Or yeah. Something. No, I have not seen that. Oh, one. The, so... MS Mystery Science Theater three thousand did that one, so you should find it. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, and well, I mean, it's not a good movie, but it's it's got a lot of disturbing imagery in it. One of them being the first scene of this movie, which is that Santa's castle is a like in outer space. And that Santa was put there by Merlin the Magician. Right. And these these scenes that open the Enchanted Village film are directly stolen from that. Like, they're directly lifted from that movie. And then they go into, oh, here we are at Santa's Village in the North Pole or whatever. And then they go to the skunk licking the ice cream pole in the middle of the, um, in the, middle of the park or what have you. And they don't even mention, like, Merlin again. 
Nope. And it's yeah. just, it's a weird <laughs> moment. <laughs> like, why did you steal this from that movie? So weird. Was, was Santa and the ice cream bunny, was that also trying to sell amusement parks? Or was that another movie we watched? No, it was, um, the ice cream bunny was based in a f- another theme park in Florida. Okay. Okay. But it was That's a different I, one. Right. No, I just wanted to make sure that there's, there is two different movies about two different theme parks that involve Santa Claus in some odd way. But I would rather go to the theme park with the ice cream bunny. And there was no ice cream bunny. I mean, it was just a bunny. <laughs> there was no ice cream. <laughs> anyway. So there's, there's lots of confusion. What? The smoothies with ice cream and what it actually is. Is it the North Pole? Is it the bunny? Who knows? Yeah. Exactly. There's at least a big icy pole that the skunk likes to lick. We know that. Yeah. So that's not weird. Um, yeah. And I will tell people, if you want to go watch it on YouTube, all you need is your right headphone because it is not in stereo. <laughs> that's how <laughs> shitty this fucking movie is. Yeah, I really wish it was. I was, I think the... Would have added a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every time and, the wolf walks, he's like, they're like grinding this like oh, it's uh, like accordion. An, an infant. They gave an accordion to an infant, and it's like <laughs> yeah, that's his walking music. And I was lazy after the after the second part ended. I let it run to whatever YouTube would give me next, and it was a a study of of the the Santa Claus Village or the Santa's Village amusement park that was in Santa Cruz, and they went to the the site of it and they talked to people who worked there. Hey, I watched that too. But Did you? the thing that came next for me was part two, so that's weird that that one came up next for you. Um, no, no, after part two is what I meant. Oh, yeah, 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 same. God, you, you caught him. I mean, what that was like a, an amazing, like, uh, gotcha there, John. <laughs> you know, people do call me the Katie Couric of podcasts, even though <laughs> she has her own podcast. Um, I like how, Michael, you said that um, there were a bunch of amusement parks by which you mean three. There was two in right. California and one in Illinois. That was <laughs> oh. that was the Santa, Santa's Village franchise. Well, I only read like the top like <laughs> the third top part of the sen- description. Of sen- yeah, right. once, exactly. Once you know that there's three of them, there must be more. <laughs> Nobody stops at three. Nope. Well, you, you knew there had to be other Santa and North Pole themed um, <laughs> Christmas. Um, theme parks there had to oh be. yeah i'm sure and you know what better place for it than two of them in california right where it's never cold it's yeah anyway totally and you can tell that the the stuff is sun bleached in these parks and that there's no snow it's just like trees and like <laughs> metal that's painted metal that you can just tell the sun has just bleached the shit out of and it just looks depressing but the thing that i find most disturbing about this this movie is the way santa behaves like when this fox no not the fox the wolf goes to complain about the skunk santa is sitting on his throne with an elf and oh oh, wait puss in boots wait we forgot about puss in boots yeah he's (laughs) the one who tells the skunk to stop licking the pole yeah Exactly. The Puss in Boots just appears to like order the skunk back to work and pulls out a sword to sort of threaten him to go back to work. And it's it's a very like anti like worker based movie. You know, like uh, the Puss in Boots doesn't do anything except threaten the other guy with the sword. And goes and sits down. Sits down next to Santa. And why Puss Puss in Boots would be there makes no sense for the movie. But you can tell it's just a random collection of whatever. So the um, what I really enjoyed and thought was extra weird was that when the 
the wolf went to complain to Santa about the skunk not working or having too much work or whatever. Santa's response was just to be like, ho, 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 Santa ho, just ho, laughs. Wait, no, wait, wait, he wait, laughs wait. like a lunatic at no, nothing no, funny. That's say, all he does there, the whole... There was no... But he wasn't hoeing. He was laughing in some maniacal, <laughs> yeah. disturbing way. It wasn't ho, ho, ho. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he does it again when he goes to watch the puppet show. He does. All Santa ever says, all, the only words, or the only thing he ever says, is that maniacal laughing when he supposedly finds something. You know, he never speaks except to laugh. And it's really creepy. Dude, if you were complaining to your boss and you were that pissed off and he was laughing like that, you would straight up slap him across the face. <laughs> and we forgot to mention the puppet show, but that's what the skunk goes to do instead of working. He watches a puppet show. Right, he sneaks off to a puppet show where they show him sticking his head in the window and the kids are watching a show, and you really get this close-up of the skunk's face, and the mask has really sharp teeth. Yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> really creepy, and you can see the eyes of the person wearing it. Like, they're just cutouts, and, you know, they're where eyes would be if you were putting a skunk's head on. And the the wolf is kind of the same way. They're both, like, such shitty costumes that no kid in real life would be remotely, like... Um, delighted. Attracted to them, yeah. Wait, attracted, uh, I think that's a different... Well, you know what I mean. I mean, they wouldn't find them cute. They wouldn't want the the doll. This was the 60s. They didn't didn't know. They were mostly playing with sticks and stones. That's true. But the fact that they put these sharp fucking teeth on a skunk (laughs) cock for something that's going to be greeting like children. (laughs) Do do skunks even have sharp teeth like that? Pepe Le Pew doesn't. Yeah. Well, I see a lot of skunks personally because San Francisco is overrun with skunks, believe it or not. And it's not uh, just out... old women with B. Arthur hair. No. <laughs> oh, okay. But but there's skunks like out in like the marshy, you know, parts of the city around the bay, and a lot of them, and um, none of them have tried to bite me. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, that's why they have the stank. They don't want to bite. That's their defense, well, right? Well, maybe just try changing your body spray if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, get some axe. <laughs> right. I'm sure that attracts skunks. Um, Are they a sponsor? I'll... Yes, that's that's our audience. Axe body spray users. <laughs> what up, brah? I'd like to go back to something Michael said where he said that he enjoyed something about this uh, movie. And I just want to make it clear that I did not uh, enjoy There's... anything about this First movie. of all, I wouldn't even call it a movie. Well, uh, uh, film. It's a feature. I'm sorry, it's Some, film. <laughs> something that was put onto film. Cinematic <laughs> masterpiece. It's a feature. It's a, um, it's yeah. A, it's a feature. It's like a time waster. A time killer. They were like, we've got nobody in the park. Let's just make a movie. Yeah, it's like that little Olaf thing that they pulled from Coco. Something they put before the main, the main movie, I guess. Right. So in the the, the history that we watched. Uh, or John and I watched uh, one of the things they mentioned is the guy that started the place was was lived through the depression. His parents died. He never had a good Christmas, so he decided to, t- to start an amusement amusement park so kids could have a Christmas they would enjoy. And watching this movie, I think his idea of of an enjoyable Christmas was way off, and maybe that's why the park didn't last. Yeah, <laughs> this was this was what Pat like nine years into the park, and it like Michael said, it already looked way run down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's terrifying if that's nine years in. Yeah, because it opened so, in 57. It, so. it looks like everyone had already died there. Did you watch the 
the documentary or whatever you call it. Where in, is that? That's near it's Santa Cruz. Near Santa Cruz, yeah. I I can't even remember the name of the place. It's somewhere I don't recognize, but so that that area is not built up at all. I was just surprised that that land wasn't bought and used for something else. Oh, dude, it's it's a bunch of woods up there. It's off Highway 17, Michael. In case you want to know, so yeah, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's a whole lot of jack shit up there. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's probably like impossible to really develop up there because it's so like mountainous and yeah. um and hard. Those roads like are a nightmare in the winter and during rains and stuff. So it was probably terrifying to go to Santa's <laughs> Village. Yeah. Well, on December twenty fourth. But I think the one in Southern California is still there because I've heard even in the last few years, I've heard people talk about Santa's Village and it's, about how they were going to reopen it. It's called Santa's Village Azusement Park now. I think, from what I gathered from the internet. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. That's from that. Is that because it's near Azusa? No, oh, no. no. Well, Zoo, maybe. as in Z-O-O, I guess they have anim- real animals yeah. there, not not just people in skunk costumes. <laughs> Wait, costume? I, that, I hope so. <laughs> I thought the wow. gave it they away. They don't miss around for this uh, Azusement Park. It's thirty nine ninety five to get in. Jesus. Well, that's. I mean, compared to Disney, what's Disneyland? At least a hundred, oh, right? The, oh, this is not the one in California. Oh, one, it's in Illinois. This is the one in Illinois. Oh, so yeah, I don't know Still. what the hell is, is in California now. Oh no, they did another. They're doing another one somewhere in Northern California, I think. Michael, I saw something about. I didn't watch all these videos, so I can't really speak to it but yeah they're like doing another santa's village type place that don't think has opened yet i would love for there to be one you know oh. that like i was in control of you know and <laughs> because a really you... terrifying one <laughs> because michael is ice... losing all his money the corpse of the ice cream bunny like chases you through santa's village <laughs> just have some some like kids in effigy <laughs> hanging off spikes and shit yeah <laughs> i wish i could say that this movie had an end or a point at all and <laughs> i can't even wrap it up because it was like so like stupid and clearly meant for children and we shouldn't even be applying adult like standards to it well at all. but you shouldn't yeah, apply he... children's standards to it either because it's god awful either way like yeah, either way of any age like this movie there is an no, end I in the sense imagine. that if you it follows a path through time and eventually stops playing, but yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I'd like to point you. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. No, 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 no. Tell us what are we gonna. This is something not nothing to do with with the film, no. but just looking up Santa's Village on different websites and stuff. And there's like a whole history of it that some guy wrote. And there's one comment on the story, and it says, "Hey, I remember this place. In pla- in fact, I applied for a job there once." Didn't get it though, <laughs> frowny face. Which might be the most depressing comment I've seen on the internet in my life. Go ahead. <laughs> it shows you, like, was it, I, I was really it a Trump like tweet? This would... Sorry. <laughs> I feel like it would be interesting if we had, um, like, remember you know that movie a Christmas Story where and the David Sedaris story where like people seem to put a lot more effort into like creating that fantasy Santa Land. Yes. And I kind of wish we still had that. Like, it would be fun to to build that kind of thing or to work in that sort of thing if it was good. Well, I mean, you can go to the flyover states and see, like, these Christmas light war neighborhoods if you want. Oh, yeah. But, 
Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, Philadelphia has this whole Dickens Village that you walk through to get to Santa. That's pretty neat. They do? Yeah, it's been there since, I don't know, at least since I was a kid, and I'm sure well before that. And uh, I, uh, my mom said that the all the, like, the Amer- it's because it's animatronic. All the Dickens stuff is animatronic. She said it, oh, at God. some point, like 10 years ago, it, was, it looked like, like death, but they updated it, and it's... <laughs> It used to be, it was a local department uh, chain called John Wanamaker's and it was there. And then yeah, yeah. It, in the 80s, that got bought up by Macy's and Macy's has mm-hmm. kept on. And it's it's kind of cool. It's really kind of terrifying. There's, there's <laughs> the ghost of Christmas, whatever, is a big skeleton that's peering. To, so kids have to walk through this terrifying maze to get to see Santa Claus, which I, <laughs> I highly approve of. And I try to go there every year. I love that. Wait, we why have is a, it called um, Dickhead's? village or whatever uh-huh. well you know <laughs> well you know we have a dickens fair here right where it's like a renaissance fair but it's dickensian london victorian and, yeah yeah and you go you go into um the this huge huge arena that has been turned into like a model of you know london in um, a Christmas Carol, and it's staffed by people of all ethnicities and races and ages, and they're all talking in like Cockney accents <laughs> and in character awesome. the entire time. It's amazing. Like you go in, I actually really enjoy it, but it's because it's so weird. Like you go in, and you know, a a four foot Asian woman is like bumping into you and then turning and saying, "Oh, sorry, Gavna." <laughs> <laughs> Where like do they do this, Michael? It's um, Bill it's Grant? done. It's done on weekends between Thanksgiving and Christmas at the Cow Palace. Oh, the Cow Palace. I think it's still going on through next weekend, but I'm not sure. This might be the end of it today. But it is something to see. It is like it's kind of boring because once you get it, you get it, right? But it's like so, you sit and just people watch for a while. <laughs> it's totally amazing. So, and do they have a shadowy figure murdering prostitutes? You know, they have just about every sort of Dickensian trope. Like somebody's representing everything. Like the they're the whole time that you're there, they're they're running um, a Christmas Carol kind of on a loop as a play, and there's parts of it that will happen on a stage, and like you'll see a scene, and then the scene in the scene. Ebenezer Scrooge and the ghost will leave the stage to go out into the city. And if you want to see the rest of the play, you have to get up and follow them because they keep going and they keep doing the show and they just have like a little crowd with them most of the time. So it's really weird. Sounds, we lose somebody. Sounds like a good way to get mugged. Pat, are you still there? <laughs> oh, all right. Hold on. I got to pause the recording right. for a second. I don't know what happened to Pat. Okay. Did you hear the end of Michael's story, Pat? No. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. But that... now at least John and I know how to get rich quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crap. Glad I shared that part of the story. Are you guys going to be like George Clooney and give me a million dollars? What are you talking about? George Clooney should... gave me a million dollars. Isn't that obvious? Oh, I didn't... Context? I didn't... Context clues? Oh. You know I'm not good at those. I'm on the spectrum. <laughs> He gave his four, 14 best friends a million dollars. I like how he just chose a random number. Four, he's like, oh, I don't even have 14 best friends, dude. I don't even have $14 million. 
Well, I mean, that's you your own bad one. investments. Yeah, you just have the the one from Clooney, but what a weird, what a weird. Because I would assume his fourteen best friends are all probably rich as well. Well, so. I think the story was like they, they were friends from back before he was wealthy, so some of them were having uh, problems. And he just decided to give everybody, even the rich friends, the same amounts as to be. I don't know, fair. But you know, he's a, kind of offensive. He's a super prankster too, so it's probably it was probably yeah. like monopoly, monopoly money. money. Yeah. Right. And they all probably went to jail, you know, like for trying to deposit trying these to... fake <laughs> counterfeit money. <laughs> His best prank yet. Anyway, this this fucking thing. I, I don't even know what to say except the costumes are scary. Wait, are we recording again? Yeah. Oh. Oh, now I'm in trouble with George Clooney. Gosh. <laughs> he is listening from his home in Lake Como. Um, you shouldn't have made fun of his generosity to you, Patrick. Yeah. I thought it was private. <laughs> well, we would have mentioned it on air even if it was. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't. Oh, well, you said you found it on Rift Tracks. I'd say that makes sense, but. Yeah, and I haven't. I thought I was honestly like I knew you guys would hate this, and I don't love it either. But I thought it was weird, and I thought like I haven't even watched the other things that were on the disc because I could barely get through this. <laughs> I, I think the the part that makes this really bad is it's there's so little to it that there's not even a lot to make fun of. There really isn't. It's just Santa. It's just the bizarre yeah. Santa yeah. laughing. Yeah, fucking. He should be on Mindhunter, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, full disclosure, I think I told you, Michael, I started watching Dolly Parton and this at the same time. So I was watching them both, mm-hmm. um, and it made absolutely no difference. Wait, wait, you were watching, <laughs> like, two screens were playing at once? That's right. <laughs> oh, man. It made no difference to either? I think you've really cheated yourself. <laughs> I'm getting... <laughs> I didn't, and you also cheated us. I will say that I I stopped watching them both after a little bit, and then I watched well, them separately. But twelve minutes. But no, no, I didn't watch the whole. <laughs> I didn't watch the whole Santa's Village thing double time. I actually stopped it because I was like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> it's just the organ grinding. It just never stops. <laughs> I guess that's, a, that's that. The the music is what makes it feel most like a bad dream. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> Kids, kids love this. <laughs> it was weird because they had like real music for the other parts. Like, just get some more, you know, public domain shit. I don't know why you're doing somebody a duck stepping on an accordion for that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, sorry guys, I keep getting texts from a friend of mine who, um, who I told to watch I Zombie, and now she's texting me about every single minute of iZombie. Let me put my phone away. Oh my god, right. tell that bitch to stop texting you. <laughs> I was certain that the texts were going to be some, some friend who's trying to commit suicide and wants some help, and I gotta continue the podcast, guys. <laughs> oh yeah, I wouldn't even pick that up. That's a downer. Need that this time of year. We've um, still got to get to a whole nother movie yes, <laughs> before we do. anybody can kill themselves. Alright, let's, uh, <laughs> let's take a quick break, and we'll get back to this other mystery movie. Uh, when we come back, we'll be right back. Okay. We had a comrade 
a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about Shamira to computers wearing earphones. Oh. He almost died for conversation. Hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's great racing, steeple chasing. All right, we're back with Michael's second pick. Michael. Which is Smoky Mountain Christmas, a television movie from 1986, um, directed by Henry Winkler, who yes. was. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Oh, I, I did. Who was best known as um, Barry Zuckercorn on Arrested Development. Yes. Um, although at the time, I think he was mostly the Fonz, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was still the, so, maybe still the Fonz in 86. Who knows? I think the context for this movie is important because I don't think it's a great movie. Oh, really? I'll tell you that right up front. <laughs> but it's a delightful mess, which I love so much about it. I also have a hard time getting through it, and I will tell you that up front because I know you guys maybe had a hard time getting through it. But it's um, it's hard to find. I had taped it off of television a couple of years ago. and like, Not just so television, version... Michael. A Hallmark channel. <laughs> a Hallmark channel. And, and he did not like the do version... this the courtesy of getting rid of the commercials. No. The time he tried to get rid of the commercials, <laughs> you screwed up and went too far, so you had to rewind. <laughs> it was, I know, it was like a bad, I, I, everything about it was bad, but it's the only thing I had. And you can't even buy it anymore. Like on, It's not on DVD. You can buy it from a collector, but I'm not going to do that. Well, and I couldn't find even, it online. You haven't even I'm mentioned the star of the movie, Michael. It's in the title. <laughs> no, he just said Smoky Mountain Christmas. Oh, I beg your pardon. Oh, yeah. I forgot to say starring Miss Dolly Parton. Yeah. The truth. I mean, and Miss Jackson, is... if you're nasty. <laughs> it's from that period in the 80s where Dolly like, had reinvented as like a classier version of herself. She'd been kind of tacky before this. Yeah, it was 9 and to 5 Bob Dolly. Mackie got a hold of her. Bob Mackie did the costumes for all of her um, her TV variety show, which lasted one season. But it was right before or after Steel Magnolias. I'm not sure which. And she was like trying to be a more serious actress and not just like a bumpkin in front of the camera. And this, unfortunately, <laughs> is not a convincing acting um, uh, experience. <laughs> yeah, she can't even play herself, really. <laughs> well, I have, right. a, I have a really... couple questions for you about it, though, Michael. First, yes. how dare you? Second, <laughs> what have I done in my life to deserve this? You can answer them in any order. <laughs> I, I would like but... to say I found this whole thing delightful. I don't agree with John. It was awful <laughs> in all the good ways. Well, as soon as <laughs> the witch shows up, which is quite early... I was That's like, what in there? so great. It was like, the, the, what I love about The Witch is it's like Dolly Parton didn't know that there was going to be any ma- magic in this movie, and she was told as they filmed it. And she <laughs> right. was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but I already signed up, so let's go all in. There's so many, like, blind alleys in this movie where yes. you think they're going one way, and they don't. And then so many surprises where you're like, where the fuck did that come from? And it's so clearly written by, like, a total idiot who's on drugs or something. Can either of you guys tell me what the point of her 
uh, the cops going to see if she was kidnapped was? I mean, does that have any bearing on the rest of the story whatsoever? Nope. Well, it do- it does in only one way. So the movie you have to like the movie opens with Dolly um, in Hollywood. Filming- in Hollywood, filming a music video mm-hmm. that is the dumbest music video. You've, it's got like it's an '80s like neon, smoky, like um, uh, what's it called, dry ice kind of setup, and like sexy guys in tank tops like dancing way too hard to a song that she's performing, and like the it's got like this really like I guess rock beat, but it's the same kind of bumpkin lyrics that she's yeah. got in all of her songs, which I love. I love her, but. Um, it's totally a mismatch and like her director and manager are both clearly gay men. And, um, they're, they're sort of like, uh, one is Renee, uh, Robert Giordano. Yeah, exactly. And when they talk to each other, they're like, but dear heart, but dear heart. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And they don't say that they're gay, but like everybody in the first five minutes except Dolly is gay. You can clearly see it. Oh yeah, definitely the dancers. Definitely, yeah, yeah, the dancers are all gay, and it's ridiculous. And she gets really flustered because they're picking her up and like twirling her around. And even though it's probably I don't know two minutes of that, like two minutes into it, she's like, "Okay, put me down. This is just wrong, everybody. This is <laughs> this isn't what this song is about." And the song is like literally like called it's called the country memories or something and she's singing about um memories in the wild woods and like it's the same old bumpkin sh- shit that she always does except it's like and it's just a funny that, version right right exactly and then when she goes home that's when a a paparazzi who is following her breaks into her house to get dirt on her like we don't she's know in her- yeah it's she's so home bad. but he's still breaking in for some weird right. reason <laughs> like what could she be doing that you need to break into her house just knock on the yeah. door jesus yeah <laughs> and she has her ancient decrepit butler throw the guy out which would not work uh, dan hadaya <laughs> could take that guy dan hadaya the paparazzi who i believe is actually made of grease <laughs> he look. I mean, he's such a stereotype. In but this he's movie great. That I love him. <laughs> I'm not sure if they were trying to stereotype like a Jewish, um, like paparazzo, or like some kind of a tout. Like they were giving him an ethnicity that was very clearly meant to read as sleazy. It was you know? it was a vague do, ethnicity? Like, yeah. Yeah, like vague, but yet also swarthy. Yeah, definitely swarthy. swarthy. <laughs> But wait, we we have we have to go way back to the beginning because this is something I that also didn't seem to come back, except maybe in the way that like book chapters would close at the end of each scene. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Was that it, there was some princess talking about? She's like watching the world and looking at L.A. and oh look, L.A.'s all fucked up. Those people don't understand <laughs> shit. And I was what? <laughs> Where, that princess never <laughs> talked again. No. That doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It's this like she's reading a, a storybook in which drawings of Dolly appear or drawings of the, the themes of the movie or whatever show up, but it doesn't make any sense. It never comes back. No. Um, it's not in the end, and there's no like reason for that framing device at all. No, they no. just abandon it right after yeah. that first. Yeah. And they, they do go back to like a storybook freezes whenever they break for a commercial, which is like every two minutes. And the, um, but the whole thing is sort of like hacked together in the least 
like a consistent way. Oh, but it's yeah, great. Dude. It's still great. I, we haven't even talked about the plot yet. Um, I, oh. I do want to say, I, <laughs> oh, I was, the plot. When I was uh, when it first came on, it was like directed by Henry Winkler. I was like, oh, awesome, and it said starring Lee Majors. I was like, oh my god. But <laughs> Lee Majors was fine. He actually did a good job in it. I think it was with, fine with what he was given. I thought he did quite well. <laughs> he was in full on Fall Guy mode. Yeah. Not, not uh, six million, million dollar, dollar man. Mode. No. Yeah. All right. Yeah, totally. Michael, do whatever justice you can to a synopsis of this thing. Okay. So um, Dolly Parton is playing Lorna Davis, who is the hottest musical act in all of Hollywood or all, the, all of the country. I don't know. She's trying to get away from being Lorna Davis for a few days. And um, after this reinvention that doesn't work, she um, calls a friend and decides to go somewhere into the Smoky Mountains to, to spend the holidays in a cabin. And she gets there, and on the way there, um, she um, meets or she's stopped by a cop who's like really lecherous. It's and gross. Really, yeah, it's gross. It's it's totally not appropriate. And that she rebuffs him and drives away. And um, the uh, at that time, a witch <laughs> um, who lives in the mountains, who likes the cop, who's in love with the cop or whatever, uh, decides that Dolly has tried to steal, or sorry, Lorna has tried to steal her man, and she vows revenge just for seeing this cop stop Lorna on the street and or in a car, and um, you know he made googly eyes at her in right. a lecherous way or whatever and so lorna doesn't know any of this but the witch has decided she's going to get her so um and we don't completely know that she's a witch we just know that she's got a huge wig on <laughs> and that she's riding a horse in the in this mountain and she's wearing a cape <laughs> that's the giveaway yeah and so she goes up to this um uh cabin where she finds that there are like six five or six escaped orphans living there and I have some questions about some of the orphans, but I'll get back to that. Um, she decides to um, sort of adopt the orphans for the holiday, and they become friends. And she somehow feeds them and clothes them, despite the fact that, like, this town that she's staying near is not, like, it's like one street. And there's not, like, a stove or anything in this cabin but yet she makes a huge dinner at one point <laughs> and and anyway she so she um trying to think about what happens she meets lee majors and um, well, the kids are all scared old, of because they think he's like this weird mountain dude i mean which he is but they think he's like evil his name is literally mountain dan yeah <laughs> and um dolly meets him and she kind of like charms him and they start to like have a connection, and then the mountain witch tries to lure Dolly out into the woods and have her walk off a cliff. And uh, Mountain Dan saves her. And that's how they, I think, officially met. And um, the... Oh God, I lose the middle part of the story because, like, nothing happens. It doesn't matter. Everything... Yeah. yeah, it doesn't well, matter. Dan In comes over end... for Christmas and wins over the children. Right. Yeah, there. Exactly. That... Yeah, that's a succinct way of putting it, yeah. That's all that really happens, and the um, in the end, or or the, the the story gets more exciting when the police come to Lorna's house to get the children because they know that the children are living there, 
by the way, the paparazzi has followed her to the cabin. <laughs> and, so he he didn't give up. And Mountain Dan has has made him change. Well, it wasn't really Mountain Dan. He was just lost in the wilderness, and he right. asked God. He told God he'd give up his old ways if he was saved. And then Mountain Dan saved him. So he turns a new leaf and aids Mountain Dan and Dolly and or Lorna. Exactly. Sorry. Yeah. Lorna. God, this is so convoluted. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. And then, um, so. Lorna gets taken to the police station because she fights back when they try to t- when they try to take the k- kids from her, and they lock her up. And the witch sees her chance. Um, the witch's name is Jezebel, by the way, yes. which we only hear once. We hear the cop call her Jezebel at the very first scene, and then um, the witch uses her witchy powers to turn herself into an old lady, and um, she gives Dolly a pie. Because Dolly's in jail, and she's like, "I baked you a pie, dear." And Dolly well, never eats met one you. bite. Yeah, right. Exactly. Never met you, but you just happen to have a pie, right? Yeah. So, she brings this pie. To, she somehow gets it through the bars. They turn it sideways to get it through the bars. You could tell they hadn't thought about that, right? That's that feel. That felt like, <laughs> oh my god, how are we going to get this pie? Yeah. <laughs> through the bars, and so Dolly is handed a pie. I guess she could have been handed a gun or a knife or anything. Um, they give her a pie. She takes one bite and falls unconscious. And then the witch reveals herself to be Jezebel the witch. And Dolly is um, passed out like Sleeping Beauty on her bed. Um, Lee Majors and the um, uh, the, the paparazzi, paparazzi guy, they have followed and seen some of this. And I misquoted something when I talked to you guys earlier, but they use a horse to pull the wall down and bring <laughs> Dolly out of jail. I thought it was a donkey because donkeys <laughs> into this too yes that, but, well, that's uh, the uh what's the tortelli rides a donkey when he that's what he sold instead of a truck or a four by four from the bartender exactly exactly and then um they the um lee majors I, tries to kiss dolly awake that, and it doesn't one, work that's one of the funniest scenes because that's the one thing they try he kisses her nothing happens and he's like i don't know what else to try <laughs> yeah well <laughs> the one thing that's all he did he's read he one book and her. it was rapunzel so don't call nine one one. Sleeping no, Beauty, just, sorry. It must be magic. It's <laughs> with the conclusion that they come to. <laughs> Not that she slipped into a coma, but that it's magic, right? And um the um the kid one of the kids um is like, Oh, please don't leave us, blah 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 and is giving sort of a tearful speech close to her. And then suddenly there are two teardrops on her face as if the child was standing over her directly crying under her face. And she wakes up. And her first line is, um, I guess I've been under a lot of spells lately. Oh, God. (laughs) God, Dolly. And then the witch shows up and she's like, why didn't my pie work? And Dolly's like, I don't know, but it sure is good. Um, You should try some. And the witch is like, I'm going to kill you. And Dolly's like, well, can I try some? more pie first and then which is like okay so they go in and um dolly's like this is the most delicious pie i've ever had and which is like cut the shit there's no way this pie tastes good because i made it and it's supposed to knock you out and she's like give me the pie and dolly's like here you go and the witch takes a bite of the pie passes out like kind of in a frozen position like her arms are outstretched in a way that didn't happen with dolly no like she's just stunned into this frozen like like um, method. They push her over, and her hands stay in the same position. And Dolly says, "Good night, Irene." Which I was like, "Is her name Irene?" No, it's <laughs> an old, it's an old folk song. 
it is. I looked it up this time, and I was like, oh, I thought they just got the name wrong. And then <laughs> could have been that as well. The, this is where the movie should end, <laughs> but it doesn't. Like it goes on, and they end up in a courtroom where wait, John wait, they, Ritter. First, they save yes, the kids was, from the evil, was, evil orphanage right. owners. Oh, that right. oh, I forgot foster about parents. That scene. Yeah, whatever where, they are. That's what it is. The photographer runs into the orphanage and, and helps save the children. Yeah, but exactly. They they save the children, but then they get they get called up in front of a judge anyway, and they do the oh, this is our mother. We want to be with her. Please let us adopt her. And she's never said anywhere in that, that movie that she wants all these kids. <laughs> yes. She's never. actually said the opposite. She's <laughs> very clear. We'll see what happens after Christmas, guys. But I'm not <laughs> promising anything. <laughs> but then um, they she kisses Lee Major, and they leave you to believe that the, all the kids are getting adopted by Dolly Parton and Lee Majors, and that they're going to live in the Smokies for the rest of their life and do whatever they want to do. And and they're going to have a manservant who used to be a photographer because he's staying around because he's their new uncle. <laughs> right. <laughs> None of which makes any I was like, wait, she's got this nice place back in L.A. Why are they staying in this godforsaken <laughs> well, hole? He was a lawyer in the city, and he came back to be a mountain man. So oh, that's true. But it's just like the mountains. You know, they could probably find a nicer place in the mountains with all her money. <laughs> yeah, I, I have <laughs> to say, I was so delighted to see John Ritter. I was like, John Ritter, and, and then me, he started talking with that weirdo southern accent. I was like, John Ritter with a southern accent. A really bad southern. <laughs> he, it was the Dick Van Dyke of southern accents. Yeah, it was awful. Uh, but I was too because I didn't see his name in the credits, so I was like, oh shit, John Ritter's in it. And that, I mean, I really like John Ritter, so it was neat, even though there, he seemed bored. And I don't think it's because the role called for him to be bored. He just seemed bored. I think people would do anything for Dolly Parton because she's so, like, charming. And everybody wants Dolly Parton to win. But then when you get there and you realize, oh, she wrote this. <laughs> you know, she wrote this with somebody. And, yeah. like, I should have not trusted my instincts. <laughs> well, it, but not only does it yeah. not make sense to me that they want to live in this um, – godforsaken shack up in the mountains but also that like at the beginning they they went out of their way to say oh hollywood people are you know shallow and they don't know what really matters in life everybody in this town is awful there's like two evil evil women who run an orphanage there's a witch there's (laughs) a lecherous sheriff like i don't know why you want to stay here john ritter was the only decent one but yeah none of it makes sense it doesn't make any sense. And what you have to you have to know about this movie to kind of really deeply enjoy it is that Dolly um, Dolly's company Sand Dollar um, is the production company. Um, uh, Sandy Gallen was the executive producer who just died this year, and Sandy Gallen was a legendary gay man um, who um, was sort of Dolly has been Dolly's best friend forever and been involved in everything she ever did, and um, Sandy Gallen. Um, this this movie is gay. I think be, it's so weirdly gay because of Sandy Gallen. Like the the if you notice, um, every scene that Dolly's in where you see her hands, she has the most immaculate nails, <laughs> and her nails are like two inches long. And there's no way a woman would go to live in the mountains, you know, in a ca- one room cabin <laughs> with nails like that or with hair like that. Oh. She's enormous curly hair that's clearly well, two or three wigs along along the same lines that's a really really well-kempt a kempt hermit lee major's beard is in perfect shape his his, right. ja- his frilly jacket is is untouched 
Exactly. Exactly. And he's, he's, he's it, for, for the, where they are in the mountains, it doesn't feel like they're very high up on the hill. <laughs> it seems like maybe they're in the backyard of the town <laughs> versus like miles up the mountain. From what we're led but, to believe, he's literally homeless, right? Like he doesn't have a place. He's just living no, in the woods. No, he has a cabin. That's where the photographer showed up. Oh, showed up you're right. Him. Okay. See, right. th- there's too much going on in this thing, man. I can't there really track. is. It's such a mishmash of craziness, <laughs> and the the magic pie, <laughs> the witch, and the the witch has a couple of great scenes where she chews the scenery. Oh my the, god! Yeah. Oh, I, I what I liked was not the. I mean, the the actress who played the witch was delightful, but the old lady who played the witch in old lady form <laughs> when she got evil, she was awesome. And it's too bad she only had like ten seconds of screen time. She did. She took it way too far, and it was really funny to watch. She was like, um, do you feel all right, dear? Maybe you should lie down. (laughs) You know, she doesn't have any good years left. She's like, I'm going out with a bang. I'm giving it everything. And there's a scene where they're all in a bar, and the witch comes in, and she tips everybody's drink over with, like, a wave of her hand. But... The special effects are so cheap that you can tell that the the, the glasses are all still attached to the table. <laughs> yeah. And they've just switched a button that tips everybody's glass over. But, like, she plays it like she really did it in real life. And that's the best part. She's so sincere about it that it makes it hilarious. It, it's such and, a dumb movie, then, but it's so and good. Then, and then you have the bartender saying, I should have get plastic. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> There's one scene that was so retractable. I have to mention her MST2Kable. There's a uh, the the hermit is sitting around with a kid who's tying some knots and he's like trying to make conversation with him. And he says, he says, you know, I could show you enough. You'll have a lot of fun with. And my, instantly in my head, I just thought noose. It's a noose. <laughs> I know. I thought well, I and then the same thing. One of the kids was black, and like Dolly just straight up brings it up to him. How'd you get involved in this family? <laughs> I was like, oh, geez, how about fuck you, lady? That's, that's how I got involved with this family. Shit. Hey, she, they're the one that's trying to make her a mother. She needs to get their stories. That's true, I guess. Oh my god! And we didn't uh, from what two weeks ago's podcast, Pat. Uh, Another actor that we mentioned on that one when we were talking about different strokes, uh, little little Mister D was one of the. Oh, the, fucking I, I kids. thought it, I thought he looked like him. I wasn't sure if it was actually the same kid or just a. Oh, it's all red-haired people look alike. Okay. Well, that is also true, but it was actually him. I saw his name in the credits, so yeah, Mister Salute Your Shorts. Uh, and then I didn't recognize any <laughs> of the other kids. They never went on to do anything. Uh, not surprising. From Are you this, talking but... about the? Are you guys talking about the kid who played Jake? Oh, I the don't oldest? know. The no, oldest? No, no, no. No, no he was a younger kid. one with red hair, like bowl cut. Um, oh, oh, okay. The only actual Southerner besides Zelly Parton in the cast, I think. <laughs> I guess you, if you say, I, I mean, I guess you think Giovanna Ribisi has never gone on to do anything. <laughs> that was not Giovanni Ribisi, although I wish it was. <laughs> no, he would have. Really? Sorry, he would have. Sorry. He would have played it much more. <laughs> Uh, mentally unstable had it been Giovanni Ribisi, even at that young age. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Michael. No, I was going to say that the, one of the blind alleys that I felt kind of misled by is <laughs> there's a, the kid who plays Jake, right? And that kid has been in other things. Um, he's he was this was not his first movie, although he did die in the '90s, I think. So it was close to his last movie, <laughs> and um, he. 
this kid has this look that they used to do when facially he's androgynous androgynous enough that you could have said you could have imagined that this kid was a girl with short hair who was dressing as a boy to protect people from finding out that she was a girl or, <laughs> or something and the whole way through even this time when i watched it i was like when are they going to tell us that jake's really a girl <laughs> and it never happens it's just that jake is that kind of like he's got that 70s actor 80s early actor face where he's androgynously a boy and his name is like chad sheets in real life or something and you you watch it and i'm just waiting for that reveal and that reveal never comes and it feels like they've set it up because they're like jake why are you so tough well, I have to be tough, you know, because I have to take care of all of you. And it, they give him a reason to be a girl. Yeah. You ever you know? see Boys and, Don't Cry? That's why I'm so tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just well, just a little Chad Sheets trivia. The the film he did before the uh, A Smoky Mountain Christmas was called Mastectomy, A Delicate Matter. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, what? It, did he play the dick? <laughs> I could he see was it. on like Magnum well, PI. Well, well, this is this is this movie has quite a cast. It stalls <laughs> Paul Sarvino, Ava Goda, and Lauren Green. Oh, I gotta oh watch god. this now. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at this. Is this it like is something they showed at hospitals, like before you go in for surgery or something? It's a it's a comedy. Oh okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the I don't. 80s. Man. I mean, this is not anything I would have watched in 86. Um, <laughs> but this is all... It just reminds you, like... This was on network TV, and there was so much shit that you watch now that is just looks insane. And you're like, this was considered normal. This was fine. This was primetime family fare. I, um, don't, I don't think it was considered normal. I, I can't imagine... <laughs> I think it was considered, it, it aired on ABC originally, and I bet you anything, it was just considered like, oh, it's a Dolly Christmas movie. The same right. way that if you if you watch any of those Hallmark garbage movies now, they are terrible. Like, the worst attempts at seeming, like, um, diverse, and the worst attempts at seeming, like, modern and hip. But at the end, they're just like romance novels, you know, and they yes. all have the same stereotypes. But and I, I bet you this is just... I mean, they can be very good. They can be very enjoyable, especially if somebody in the cast has enough of a sense of humor that there's like that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As soon as somebody is like calling it out, it can be funny. But this movie is, I think that um, there was a, again, there was a Dolly Renaissance in 86. I think by 89, she had her own show. Yeah, because like Um, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, right? Yeah. Big Dolly right? Renaissance. I don't know if that was a big movie or not, but <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> I remember the name. When was Steel Magnolias? I need to look that up. That was up. more like 89, so I feel like. Wikipedia says that not only did Henry Winkler direct it, but he had a cameo. Do, do you guys remember the cameo? What? No. Maybe he played Jake. No. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't remember him in it at all. No. Steel Magnolias was 89. Bam. Yeah, so this was this was before Steel Magnolia, so she was testing the waters for sure. Um, but she was she was like Steel Magnolias was considered like her first good project on screen. I think that's ridiculous because Nine to Five is a classic that that holds up. It's 
It's yeah. true, but she sort of plays like corn pone, yeah, corn pone like Dorley, like dummy kind of role, and you don't really get a sense of Dolly until after Steel Magnolias. Then she headlines movies on her own, like Straight Talk or um, that one with Queen Latifah. <laughs> oh, the singing that one. Joy. Yeah. Yeah, and she's so she's just not a great actor. She's really funny. I love her. She's funny about not being a great actor, and um, that's all wonderful. But this movie is a treasure because it's you can see her trying to act. <laughs> oh yeah, in, in every scene, you can see that they've got so much makeup on her. And trust me, just from like a drag point of view, like if you had to get up and put on as much hair and makeup as she has on in every single scene in a one room cabin in the Smoky Mountains every day, you wouldn't get anything else done. Like, th- that <laughs> look is so intense. And we're just supposed to... She wakes up and her makeup's on. She wakes up and her hair is already ready. And her nails are perfect. And it's just one of those funny 80s, like, nonsense things. Where Except, you, with, in Dolly Parton's case, I believe she could actually wake up like that. <laughs> I mean, Tammy Faye tattooed it all on, right? All yeah. Did she really? I think so, eventually. Yeah. At least the lips and the... Yeah, yeah. So the eyeliner and the um, eyelashes and the eyebrows, all that's the the stuff that's like right against the skin. She did have tattooed. And we're what was up with her and Jim J. Bullock? That was like the weirdest pairing ever. Totally, but you know she was. I actually met Tammy Faybaker, and she was at the Castro one year with John Waters which was so weird. It was back in the early 2000s. And we met her, and she, like, the Castro was sold out for this event, right? And most people were there for Tammy Faye Baker. Yeah. And there were a ton of gay guys in the audience with Tammy Faye Baker albums. And um, we got to meet both her and John, and she was way nicer. Oh, She was, like, so sweet. She had such a change of heart after all that crap. It seemed, yeah, yeah, it seemed like she actually turned into a decent person. Oh, I and didn't she, know that. I didn't yeah. know she had a change of heart after the all the Jim. What what's his, what was his name? Yeah, Jim Baker. Jim Baker. Yeah, Jim Baker. Jim Baker's still an asshole, but Tammy Baker. It's like she loved gay men and she loved gay people, and she would never say anything bad about them. And they were her fans in the end. Like there, there's a movie called The Eyes of Tammy Faye, oh, yeah. which is sort of about that. And um, she was kind of a weird cult figure. Um, people really loved her in the same way that they loved Dolly. Although Tammy Faye's music, oh. yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine. Does she still do like Christian shit? Is it mostly? It's in, in the. It's. I don't know that it ever strayed from Christian shit. I mean, she she's dead, right? So she died. Uh, I don't know five or six years ago. Yeah, I, I don't even remember that. Yeah, R.I.P. When. When she sang at the Castro, she sang Christian music. Yeah, but it was course. like old spirituals. It wasn't like, you know, that horrible garbage that they listen to in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, Amy Grant, whatever. I guess that's right. really old, but yeah. I remember in high school, I asked this chick. I, I was like, "Oh, what?" I was wearing a T-shirt or some some band T-shirt. I was, she was asking about it. And I was like, "What kind of music do you listen to? You don't listen. You don't know them?" She's like, "No, that's secular music." And I didn't know what secular <laughs> meant. I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> you listen to Amy Grant. I was like, okay. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. It was scary to well, me. It like actually kind of scared me. Um, when it's, she, it yeah, still anyway. scares me when people say stuff like that. Yeah. Like I only listen to Christian music or or only listen to country. 
Yeah. Like, I feel like they're very similar. Red flag. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, this movie is a mess. And I will say also, I don't think Dolly saved her best musical material for this movie either. No. <laughs> What's the other weird thing? They, he, she starts some, singing some Christmas carol that no one in the world has ever heard of. And somehow the kids knew to start <laughs> yeah, singing along. They start along singing along. <laughs> so maybe he, she really was their mother. It could be. Oh. I thought I thought it was a wonderful mess, and I am I don't watch it every year, but I do enjoy watching it every few years because it's so delightful. And in this version, I have to say, um, I, I'm sure it was annoying, but I really kind of enjoyed the commercials. Oh, I, I skipped them, but so I didn't watch them. So oh, I I feel a really strong need to get Dragon Dictation services for some reason. Right. I don't know why. <laughs> Like every commercial, like ninety percent of the commercials that are still in this cut that I shared with you, are um, for Dragon Dictation, which is like old people talking to their computers because they don't think they can type. <laughs> and one of the commercials is like, "This this software can even understand a Texas accent like mine." <laughs> oh, and the accent was really not that strong, so it was just like, "No, That's it not wasn't." Phrase. <laughs> no. By the way, I forgot to mention I, when I did a search for it, it is on YouTube. So if people out there want to listen, they can watch it. I mean, want to watch it, they can watch it on YouTube. Or just listen. It'll make as much sense. <laughs> you have to see it. You have to see the nails. You have to see the, the outfits that she's wearing, despite the fact that she is in the Smokies in a one-room cabin. And the fact that she's never, like, without makeup or wigs or never, like, uncomfortable in any way. And never committing to the children either. Never says, I want to be <laughs> well, <your> I know. mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. Take you back to L.A. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I, it what was, was, what no, was the deal with that sheriff? Why was he such an awful person? Well, because he's got that witch all over his ass, man, I guess. <laughs> that's my, my thought. Mm-hmm. I, well, I'm that's pretty sure they hit... Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I'm pretty sure that all um, hillbillies are sexual um, predators, yeah, right? Yeah, predators. Yeah, that's I, that's why. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to deal with the small town country sheriff. Fuck. <laughs> um, what were you gonna say, Pat? I was gonna say some dumb phrase, so forget it. <laughs> all right, oh. I was just you still say it. I know it's he never stopped it. you. He hit it and quit it. Right. What were you gonna say, John? Oh uh, man, I I was just I was just surprised at how fucking weird and bizarre this movie was. Like like I said, it was it was a prime time thing. No matter what, I still okay. It's a Dolly Parton Christmas thing. It was fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. It was weird, and it made no goddamn sense. And they put it on TV. I, I think both of these movies are inspirational because kids, if you have a dream to make a movie, you can do it. There's yeah. ample proof out there. It can be done. That's exactly, I think, what I enjoy most about both of them, which is that I could have written these movies at the <laughs> age I was in 1986, and they would have been just as good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. <laughs> Especially that first one. I mean, there's <laughs> that's that's yeah. like two minutes of writing, but yeah. no, I don't. I don't, enchant- <laughs> I don't think the Enchanted Village can be written. It just has to happen. Yeah, it just unfolds <laughs> in real yeah. time. Yeah. Totally. There was no director saying line. <laughs> <They were> like, <laughs> yeah. Just like do something, Wolf. <laughs> yeah. 
Just laugh like a goddamn maniac for a while, old man. But no, I think that that oh, man really, really thought that's how Santa Claus sounded. Yeah. <laughs> hey, cabin fever, man. You should, you should just record like 45 minutes of that, that except, and post it as an episode. <laughs> Someone kill me. <laughs> I think, yeah, we did do like five minutes of me and Pat saying meow once, so yeah, that wouldn't be too off the... I remember that. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, watch, well, they're both on YouTube. I would definitely recommend you watch the Dolly Parton one over Santa's Enchanted Village. <laughs> but Santa's Enchanted Village is only 12 minutes long, though. It will seem like longer. It, it is. It's 12 minutes that will feel like 12 years of your life. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> or you can do what I did and watch them both at the same time. Um, <laughs> all right. So should we move on then to recommendations, Asians, 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 Asians? Sure. Uh, Michael, since you are the guest. Well, I uh, kind of forgot about the recommendations part, but I will say I've started watching a movie on Amazon Prime, which is free for download or streaming, called Rare Exports. Oh, Have you guys never heard, heard of, of this? it? No. Um, it is a foreign film that where sorry, it's set in Finland, I think. I've only I'm only about fifteen minutes into it, but um, Santa Claus is unburied, like he's found. In, in a cave or something, and they well, dig him up. He, so he's dead in this reality. He's he's in this world. He's either he was either dead or like entombed, buried alive. Okay, <laughs> like, like buried alive, like uh, for a good reason. <laughs> and it gets real dark, <laughs> real fast. Is it a and horror? Santa's kind of or comedy. Yeah, it's or... kind of a. It's like a black comedy. It's a very, very black comedy. But so far, I'm really enjoying it, and I haven't seen the whole thing, so I shouldn't be recommending it. But um, I really enjoy it um, so far. What's it called again? It's called Rare Exports. Rare. Okay, I'll look for it on Amazon. Shit. Yeah. I that piss. All right, this kind of pissed me off about Amazon. Sorry, little rant. Which but one? I was looking. Um, there was a movie I had wanted to see. It's put out by like Arrow Video, you know, and they're like the the criterion of like of B movies and stuff. Anyway, it was like an old seventies Japanese gangster movie, and they had it on Amazon Prime for free. I was like, oh fucking awesome, because Arrow Videos are the same price as Criterion. You know, it's like forty bucks. I was like, oh, I'm gonna check it out here. No subtitles, assholes. What? Why are you putting a Japanese movie up with no subtitles? Anyway. Oh my god. Yeah. That's weird. That's yeah. I think there's something wrong with your settings. I'm gonna blame you, John. Okay, it's probably my fault. You're right. Um, what do you got, Pat? I think I'll go the easy route and recommend something that nobody else has seen called The Last Jedi. Oh god, the latest yeah. Star Wars. Why movie. did I even ask? Yeah, I should have just done it for you. It's delightful. Great. Is it? Is it? That's one of those things I'll I'll wait for. I mean, it's got good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, but then again, I don't know. What do you expect? really yeah i feel like that's just a bunch of people who like or hate the same things you know yeah like, yeah i've i have heard that this is a really good movie so i shouldn't it diss it it actually is really good movie and the i mean these are actual reviewers it's like people who review other kinds of movies that are good so yeah I, I i mean i always end up watching them i'll watch it at some point but like there's no way i'm going this early in the in the game i don't think is i do have one question uh does luke have a bigger role in this one or was mark hamill still just like man fuck all y'all 
Well, in the last movie, he was in it for like nine seconds. Yeah, this exactly. He's in it for a grand total of 11 seconds. Okay, so. awesome. Right wow. at the beginning. When you were at the theater, Pat, did you have a hard time deciding between Star... What is it? Star Wars and um, I, Tanya? <laughs> I want to see I, Tanya. I, I really want to see I, Tanya. I want to see that more than anything right now. <laughs> I think I want to see the three billboards more than that. Yeah, but three billboards I, is I, great. I will say I that. I want to see I, Tanya. And I, I, I talked about it in last week's episode. I like that Sufjan Stevens put a song about Tanya Harding out the same week as the movie came out and it had nothing to do with the movie, which I find so <laughs> delightful. <laughs> You might like um, call me by your name. I think that comes out. Yeah, that's well. It be came awesome. out a while ago. Yeah, it's, I want to see that. It has it has uh, he has two songs on it, so I want to see it just for that. But also, it's supposed to be good. It's been in San Francisco, I know at least. I, yeah, I don't know how widely it's been released so far. But what is? Are we talking about "Call Me by Your Name"? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which I said, I guess. Um, but yeah, I have. It doesn't start till Thursday, and I have tickets this week to see it. But oh, um, it didn't I saw that. Poster for it, so I thought it was out um, when I went yeah. to see something it's else. Got like yeah, four dates here right now. I don't know that it's here for more than four or five days. Yeah, but I think Pat, there might be some elements to it that you'll enjoy. Oh my god, <laughs> still doing this <laughs> on the air. Even. Eh, nobody else will get it. Um, I'm going to recommend. I... Oh, sorry, Pat. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to recommend a book that I got when I was in London um, called. The evenings and yeah. Oh, oh. What? No, wait. I have that book too. It's by a Dutch dude. It was just printed yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, and it got compared to like Kafka, Catcher in the Rye. You know, all this weird. And I've been reading it. It's, it's good. It's fucking weird. It's funny. Um, it's basically about boredom. I mean, this dude who's just this young guy who's just bored living with his parents. It's a hard sell, but it's yeah, it's a good book. Um, yeah. check out the Eve. I can't did, remember the guy's name. It's Dutch, but it, it's from like did, the 40, 47, I think it was published originally hmm? and had never been published in English until now. So, Yeah. Did your version, I'm so sorry to keep cutting you off with this, but did, did your edition have the pink end sheets? No, no, like, it doesn't. It's just such a beautiful book. Like I got it when it first came out too. I haven't finished it. I got like six pages in and I was like, oh my God, it's about boredom. <laughs> <laughs> and I cannot keep going, but I've heard really good things about it, and it's, I know that it's like the uh, it's it's a like catcher in the rye. If if Holden Caulfield was gay, <laughs> he's gay, right? The main character is gay. I, I don't really know, actually. Um, I don't know that it's ever oh, made I might have clear. That. But it, <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It it wouldn't be a shock if he was, and it, uh, but you you should keep reading it once you get into like the rhythms of it which is maybe the most difficult part you'll you'll enjoy it a lot more i know what you mean like first six pages it's it's a tough sell but it's like parents at breakfast and what they like it seems like days pass or maybe it's just or it's hours. just a couple hours yeah you don't know <laughs> it's but every chapter ends or begins with him having some weird fucking dream and yeah i'm i, I yeah i haven't finished yet actually i'm only like 75% through it but i'm like yeah it's, it, i can't see how it's going to take oh, a big shit good. in this last part of it so right oh good that, that will that will make me pick it back up i'm glad you're recommending it yeah you should i mean there's a lot of funny just weird funny shit in it so um all right uh pat Take it away. Write to us at Pop Culture Continuum at 
uh, write to us at popculturecontinue at gmail.com. <laughs> like us on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> rate us highly on iTunes. And <laughs> tell your friends to listen. Yeah, that's all you need to do. I think. Well, next week I think we're going to try to do our top 10 list of 2017. But we'll see. And now... Before I kill two of my friends, I must bid you goodbye.